a FAM production for all things mattress. FAM.news. It is Labor Day. It's the end of the big mattress selling season for some. And we are going to take you into some of the best of from FAM.news. These are the audio stories you may have missed but shouldn't have. Welcome to the Dose Marco Show with Mark Kinsley and Mark Quinn, where mattress and furniture leaders gather to grow, get the inside scoop, tell stories, and take tequila shots. Welcome aboard. Here's your passport to a planet filled with the mattress industry's brightest minds and biggest ideas. Meet your guides. I'm Mark Kinsley, President and CEO of Englander. And I'm Mark Quinn, co-founder of Spink & Co. and VP of Sherwood Betting. Together, they are Dos Marcos. The Galaxy's Greatest Mattress Podcast has liftoff in three, two, one. A little bit of a different show format for you today, but a really fun one because we have some of the best audio stories, some of the most popular audio stories from fam.news. Because as you know, for every written piece of content, we have a corresponding audio version. And if you search for all things mattress in your podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you, you can subscribe. These are like two, three minute stories. So you can get caught up really quickly and get after it. And, you know, one of the things also you can get at fam.news is our research. Right now, go over there, get the full research deck right up at the very top of the website. It says 2021 Mattress Buyers Research. Click to join the fam and gain free access. This is what we did in partnership with Nationwide Marketing Group. Thank you to the bright minds and the big ideas that Nationwide Marketing Group brings to us and brings to its members. And definitely get with your area rep about joining Nationwide Marketing Group. And Quinn, definitely get with our friends at Door Counts about getting all that rich data that only Door Counts can provide. Yeah, you know what? And Door Counts is really, really strong at understanding the importance of data. So go check them out. A lot of people using them love it because they're making decisions based on what they know, not based on what they think. If you got a guy and you want to put him in the best store, how do you do that? You go to the metrics that say this is the best guy, not an opinion about it being the best guy. So I love them for that. And then, of course, Colonial. Uh, we, we talked about these, Kinsley. Uh, we talked about the golf bags last week, and they're doing all kinds of stuff. Actually, they've got this 3PO program, warehousing. If you've got extra stuff, if you want to uh, house things and have someone ship it. You don't have to worry about it. You can do that with Colonial. They do it all. And we're grateful. They're awesome sponsors, all of them, and uh, love getting into the show. And guys, listen, how many websites do you know of where you can listen to the website or read the website? You can do both at fam.news. That's right. So we're going to get right into it this week. Enjoy your Labor Day and listen to some of the best of only from the fam at fam.news for all things mattress fam.news fair warning superpower seekers you might want to unplug some smart devices i say the words google a few times in this episode welcome to the adventures of matman episode 16 Google's sleep sensor exposes a massive lie. And now, Madman's secrets to becoming a sleep-selling superhero. 
Ladies and gentlemen, today I have some fantastically fun news. Uh, I just left the office at my house, and hold on one second. You know what? I got to turn off all the, the lights and stuff really quick. Hey, Google, I'm not at home. All right, great. Uh, I can just see on that app, it's, it's all done. The lights are off, the doors are locked, my oven is on, the garage door is closed. I don't have to worry about my house. Uh, awesome, great. So yeah, I, now I can get started. Uh, I just want to take a second because it's an exciting day. I have been using a sleep tracker for a while now, and it's my first one. I was really excited to get it, and I wanted to share some of the results because this is totally not going where you think it might be going. So check it out. I've been using a Google Hub Gen 2 since early May. Google added the sleep sensing to their hub, and it can help track your sleep. Look, my house is already like the U.S. Enterprise from Star Trek. We're a Google household and everything is connected. Machines turn on when I ask them to and they turn off when I ask them to. For now, anyways. <laughs> and look, there's a lot of automatic routines built in that I no longer have to do or worry about anymore. If you do, like, if you do not connect your house on smart devices because you're worried about the tracking and the information and Big Brother and the tinfoil hat and all that. Like, I, I totally get it. I, I'm not trying to convince you you need to do this, but holy cow, are you missing out on some automation, dude? Like, for, for example, at 11 o'clock, our downstairs lights turn off because we should have been in bed already. And if we're still downstairs, that's a signal we're not supposed to be. Or upstairs in the bedroom and around the bedroom at 9 o'clock, the lights all dim. And that's just to make sure our eyes don't get blasted with bright lights as we're literally going to bed. And we've, we've achieved that with smart bulbs in literally every single uh, spot you can have a, a bulb. And uh, uh, how about the process of just making sure to dot all my T's and cross all my eyes? At the end of the night, uh, we ask our smart device to shut it down. But I don't just ask it to shut it down. It's the last thing I do before I lay down in bed. So I ask it to shut it down like I'm shutting down a nuclear reactor. I'm shutting down a heavy piece of machinery. I mean, I'm talking about a sleep superhero getting hyped up to go to bed. You're not supposed to do that, but I can't help myself. So when I ask the smart device to shut it down, I say, hey, Google, shut it down. <laughs> Dude, my wife. Oh, she shakes her head and she says I'm such a nerd. But I don't care because it's really fun. And it's, it's, it's the process I have when everything's automated and you don't have to stress about getting back up to turn the lights on. You just give a command. And while I'm not trying to hype myself up and stuff, the last, if, if I didn't wake up tomorrow and the last thing I did was that, I'd be okay. I'm okay with that. So I, 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 I just move on. <laughs> At one point in time, I, I realized uh, we had, I had installed an automatic sensor in our kitchen as well for that light system. And I haven't flipped the switch in the kitchen for six years. You know how much time I've saved? Do you know how many times my wife would have asked me to turn off the lights because I forgot? And she's the one that helped me do this. She encouraged me. She gets all the credit. But it wasn't until six years I hadn't done that. It's an amazing amount of automation. So look, enough about smart homes. That's super sci-fi. And that interconnectivity 
is coming. And I could talk about that science fiction and that, that convenience forever. It's, it's ongoing. Uh, and it's really coming into fruition with builders and new homes because I'll go, I've gone to uh, those open houses. And I mean, that stuff is literally built in with a fraction of the infrastructure it used to require. So look, if, uh, if you're not into, not into it or not good with it now, you're going to be akin to your grandparents when they were given their first smartphone. The learning curve is huge. Don't be left behind. Just go check it out. In the meantime, the Google Hub 2 Gen, I'm sorry, the Google Hub Gen 2 was extremely easy to install. It basically knew my house because it recognized all of the other smart devices. I just had to plug it in, put my name in and the Wi-Fi password. It sits right next to my bed so that it can use a radar to watch my sleeping patterns as far as like how much I'm breathing or moving around, senses coughing, uh, snoring and overall movement. It also partners with our nest and makes sure to maintain the, the room temperature a certain way. So if it's getting too warm, dude, it kicks on like, this is awesome. And I'm a little bit of a guinea pig here because this stuff is really new and you can get it yourself. I don't even think that it's even that expensive. And I don't exactly know what it's tracking and how it's tracking successfully because there's a lot of leeway for error in the room. For instance, We've got two dogs sleeping in bed and they move around throughout the night. And I don't know if it's picking that up or if it's picking me up when it says that I sleep restlessly. Oh, God. What an admission, right? I'm a sleep superhero. Yeah, you heard it here first. I'm not hiding anything. I sleep restlessly. Full disclosure, I, I do have an injury that's related to my back and my leg. And laying down for a significant period of time doesn't feel comfortable. It also doesn't feel comfortable when I sit or stand for too long either. I'm aware of this issue and it's one of the reasons I set on this path of sleep maximization because I, you know, I, I really, I, I wasn't sleeping good even before. And I, I could tell you that I sleep great and that's in perspective of how I used to sleep, but you might sleep a lot better than I do. However, I, th I really did think I was getting good sleep before, uh, before all this started, and now I'm not so sure. So uh, I, it's really helped me focus on my habits. I, I focus harder on planning out and maximizing my sleep. And I also have a lot of things to change in the room uh, a little bit too. Like recently, I've been putting the dogs to sleep in their crates at night when I know they're not gonna be cooped up the entire day, the next day when my wife and I are at work. And I've, I've tried that multiple times, but I still get the restlessness result uh, from Google and right at the same time every night. So that this is the cool part. Around two or three a.m., just four to five hours after bedtime. So uh, it may not be doing a good job with the radar uh, overall, but the one thing that it does tell you I love this with toughness. It tells me what time I actually went to bed and what time I actually woke up. Wouldn't you know, I was setting my bedtime for 9.30, but I wasn't actually going to bed until 9.45 some nights. So I was a half hour late. No kidding. I say half hour, it still takes you a few minutes to fall asleep. Talk about a sore moment for me. I caught myself lying to myself. 
And a few times my wake up time fluctuated as well because my bedtime was fluctuating and I had some pain issues when I'm waking up. So I'd wake up way earlier than I expected. So the sleep assessment it gives me is it says, wow, you don't have a very consistent sleep schedule. Come on, move. Come on. What? Are you, see, what? You're telling me I don't have a, a, a consistent sleep schedule. I'm planning this stuff out every single week. I write down what time I'm going to bed, what time I'm waking up, what time I'm stopping caffeine consumption. I'm doing everything. Dude, if you would have seen my face, I was ready to punch that Gen 2, throw it in the wall, smash it, drive over with my car, flush it down multiple toilets, toss it into the ocean, never to be seen again. But look, it's not the Gen 2's fault for reporting this. In Dr. Oz's own words, knowledge is power and knowledge with solutions is empowering. So I've... I've, I've turned a corner. I, I enjoy using the Google Hub Gen 2. I really do. I'm not afraid to cover that radar when I'm not sleeping to protect my privacy. But at night, it's crucial to keep track of how well I maintain my routine and habits. I, I highly recommend this device for anyone who has a Google Home network. Technology has not reached a point where I can give a command to my smart, my smart device and turn on my own superpowers. Until then... I'm going to use that smart device's help to empower me to sleep great and be a superhero tomorrow. Well, thank you for listening to The Adventures of Matman. You can text me at 704 706 24 with any questions, feedback, or sleep resources you'd like to share. I would absolutely love to hear from you. Please feel free to text me anytime, even at night or even late at night or early in the morning. I'm not worried. My phone knows exactly what to do. Uncommon mattress myths? You need to be prepared to bust! Hey fam, it's Adrian, and we are talking about mattress myths that you need to be well-equipped and researched and knowledgeable on so that when a customer walks in your door, you can shoot down the misinformation. There are millions of mattress myths swirling around the internet, and they're impossible for retailers to police. But what happens when a shopper comes into your store and asks you about product quality, differences, brands, and buying beds online? To find out some of the most common and real mattress myths that are being used, we asked a few mattress retailers what they've heard and how they've handled the misinformation. And I'm just going to plug it for our Matt man here. He has a great episode that just debuted on the dreaded Ms. information. Robert Workman, who's the general manager of Wildcat Mattresses in Nicholasville, Kentucky, says that one of the most common myths from people that come into his store talking about the quality of a product from online retailers. He said that people come in and say that online retailers say that their mattresses are the best, and sometimes they say one mattress suits all. I have to correct them all of the time. I've had about 10 people in the last month that bought a mattress online and returned it and then came to me for answers. You can't believe the hoopla online and the fake reviews. Darv Yoder, who's the owner of Interior Sit and Sleep, says he's run into similar problems, but dealing especially with bed in a box. 
Customers often ask why Yoder's beds cost more than the beds in the boxes that they can find at home improvement stores. And here's what. He said, I just have to tell them that I have a hard time believing that they could get a quality bed that's able to be put into a small box and explain what type of problems they're going to have to get it squeezed back into the box if they ever have a service issue with it. That usually works for me. Another myth that Jeff Giannacovo, owner of Gardner's Mattresses and More, brought up is that a name brand equals equality and a non-name brand equals poor quality. To counter that, Giannacovo says that he first establishes why they want a certain brand, what they like about that brand, and most importantly, what benefit they wish to have from the brand feature inside. That's an awesome way to do it. He said that typically I get back vague answers and the brand thing is more of a defensive shopper flex than anything. The truth is they want to fix their issues. Once we get to the issues and what they like, I can then prescribe the right solution with similar or better features than the brand. And of course, it's a solution that is devoid of advertising. So while they haven't heard from the brand that they now have, they have felt or seen, I have demonstrated why it will work for them. And for diehard brand loyalists, he added, out of all of the options offered here, why do you think we actively choose not to offer the brand you're looking for. This is only a small, small sample of myths being spread out in the world right now, but that just means there's more opportunity. Randy Thompson and president and owner of Van Wert Bedrooms explains, people say, I can't sleep on my back, but I sleep better in my recliner than in my bed. To me, this just means that they bought the adjustable base, easy sale. Check out more audio stories at fam.news, where you're always part of the fam. Fam.news, the only team in the mattress business to bring you audio stories with every story. The way it should be. Never, ever tie the knot. Okay, and I'm not talking about getting married. This is the fine line between a $75 delivery fee and death. Have you ever learned something and then suddenly it seemed to appear everywhere? It's a strange occurrence often referred to as the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon or frequency bias. But how do you know if it's real or if you really are seeing this thing everywhere? That's a question Alex Milstein had been asking and thinking about recently when it came to mattresses flying off cars and causing all sorts of mayhem and even death on highways across the world. Not only does it seem like there are more and more news stories about mattresses causing chaos each day, but a quick Google search for mattress-related crashes produces a multitude of colorful, shall we say, results. So we asked a few mattress retailers in the Mattress Industry Facebook group how they felt about the issue. And not only did they confirm that this isn't just frequency bias, most of them said the liability involved with tying the mattress down for the customer is not worth the risk. Pete Primo, owner and president at Primo Furniture Sales, said that 39 years ago when he started in this industry, the owner of the store he worked at told him to never tie the knot, and he wasn't talking about getting married. Pete said, because if it goes to court, whoever tied the knot 
would be responsible. Today, you must be up to date on ordinances, etc., that prohibit it. Print some pictures of accidents caused by mattresses. Just say no. Ronell Masters, co-owner of Downey Sleep Center, has a similar idea, saying, We help them lift it up, but they tie it down and tie the final knot. We had a customer lose a box spring off a bridge and called angry that we wouldn't replace it for free. Ronell tells that story to every customer hauling on their own. Gardner's Mattress and More co-owner Jeff Janakovo says his store will never do tie-downs or even offer rope. Jeff said for a $75 delivery fee with the removal of your old mattress, it's just not worth it in my opinion. And we tell our customers that much. There are also many things we cannot control once they leave. How fast the customer drives, the others around them when they may affect the customer driving and wind gusts. Once in the home, damage to walls and stairs, it's on the customer. Again, Jeff said in his opinion, delivery is a small price to pay to get the job done right. And some, like Roger Cunningham, owner of the bed store, said their insurance policies actually forbid them from tying mattresses down to vehicles, so they highly recommend delivery. These are very valid concerns, and because of that, it represents an awesome opportunity for retailers. Educate consumers about the dangers of tying down their mattress and communicate the value and benefit you offer by providing delivery. Sure, 75 bucks may sound like a lot in the moment, but even with insurance, it would cost them way more to pay off the cost associated with a car accident, whether or not they are responsible for it. Explain this to your customer and show them that this isn't something that can be fixed with one person being safe because who knows who a mattress is going to hit if it flies off a car. Everyone needs to be safe, so think about how even with a delivery fee, you're doing your part to help prevent mattress-related accidents. And who knows, you could also be potentially saving a life. For more podcasts and audio stories, head over to fam.news. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. than if you had actually followed the rules. You know what I'm talking about? Fam, it's Adrian, and we're gonna talk about how this actually happened and played out in real life. A mattress delivery guy broke the rules, and he ended up generating $11,000 a month in sales. And I'm here to pass it along to you so that you can do it too. So Dos Marcos hosted what might be the world's first, we're gonna call it a Webby show, which featured Greg Law, who owns Sweet Dreams Mattresses and Furniture, and Dr. V, who's the Director of Strategic Development at Miskelly Furniture. So this webinar meets a podcast celebrated how retailers are using Podium to increase their sales and gain a better idea of what consumers actually carry about. Are you curious? Okay, it all starts with this story from Mattman, who is our favorite mattress superhero, and how he trained the delivery drivers at Sweet Dreams Mattresses and More on how to use Podium, which led to an interesting move. So we're going to talk about a delivery guy by the name of Kevin Jr., who delivered for Sweet Dreams. He started, so he started bringing bed frames, mattress protectors, and sheets on the delivery trucks when he would deliver mattresses. When looking through the delivery, he would see what the person ordered and then put anything else that they might just happen to need on the truck, just in case. 
Then when he was delivering products, if he noticed that the customer didn't buy a new bed frame, sheets or protector, he could not only offer it, but he was also able to immediately send them a link through a text message that was provided by Podium and they paid right there on the spot. The funny part is that Greg Law, who owned the owner of Sweet Dreams Mattresses and More, didn't even know that this was happening until he looked at his Podium account and saw a series of strange transactions that required him to go all Sherlock Holmes in order to find the source. And with this idea, the law says that they were just scratching the surface. This is what he said. He goes, I think there's more we can do with that elevated, quote, room service. Everyone wants room service. So how about some well-skilled, articulate, highly motivated and educated people that could advise them in their homes and then all they have to do is use their phone and pay for it. So what feedback did they receive from the customers? This is what Law also had to say. He said, retail is all about forming relationships. And that's why we're instilling in our salespeople and delivery crew that there's something special about a text message too. These delivery crews are getting customers to like them even before they show up to their home with a friendly communication. They get to know them while they're delivering and the delivery guy can talk about more products for customers when they show up. Greg says that getting the delivery crew prepared for this wasn't hard because of the company's mantra, work hard, play hard, serve others, and grow. And because his employees take pride in their work and celebrate the wins, it's not just about selling mattresses. It's about helping as many people as possible achieve their dreams, said Law. We can use Podium to talk to customers when lead times are long. We can update them and try and make it personal. And it's also about creating opportunities like following up with customers that we haven't heard from in a while. Dr. V also touched on this and he emphasized the importance of work culture by explaining that culture is either something you create or it's something you tolerate. He says, you've got to be intentional about the culture you want to create. When reading the book, Come Back to Bed, it sets us on a path to talk about developing our strategic framework for Miskelly. We ask the tough questions like, why do we exist? What do we do? And how do we know if we're succeeding? Miskelly leadership also got together and started to answer these questions, and they found that it was their purpose to furnish happiness. I love that. Then they talked about how they're going to behave, starting with the winning the heart of a customer. Then they partnered with Podium and looked at all the consumer touch points. Sales was an obvious one, but soon they added in delivery and then customer pickup and customer care to the list. Deciding to focus on delivery first, they changed the way they previously collected reviews, which was on the spot after delivery, and used Podium to follow up with a customer two hours after the store closed to give them time to experience their mattress. Then they send a simple survey via text asking them to rate the service on a scale from zero to 10. At Muskelly, they use a net promoter score. So if you get a nine or a 10, these people would promote your business. One through six are considered detractors, people who have negative things to say, and a score of seven or eight is just passive and really doesn't count at all. Dr. V said that they focused on expectations because disappointment always comes from unmet expectations. We wanted to know if we're meeting expectations, but also what's acceptable for us. Podium is a service that's taken our deliveries to a new level. Dr. V says several positive things have happened thanks to Podium. First, they get more accurate scores. The number of nines and tens is very exciting for us, he said. We don't apologize for having a standard of excellence. It's the expectation at Miskelly's. But we found out expectations usually weren't met because of the lack of communication. Communicating makes us different and we can still please the customer even if something is late. He also said that Podium helps them verify what matters to customers. One of the big pains is delays, and we try to be very, very upfront about them. 
Most people are aware of the delays, but it's been that communication along the way that builds patience. Customers want to feel like they aren't forgotten. So there you have it, folks. If you want to make more money, which who doesn't, then follow the key takeaways from Law and Dr. V. And if you'd like to watch the web show, be sure to subscribe to the fam because we'll be sending it out to our email list in the coming weeks. Check out more audio stories at fam.news, where you're always part of the fam. Fam.news, the only team in the mattress business to bring you audio stories with every story. The way it should be. Mattresses are harder to come by, and when you find one, it's more expensive than it used to be. Here's why. Hey, it's the Vegucator Jeff Shire. If you've been shopping for a mattress this past year, you've noticed that the prices have increased pretty dramatically since March of 2020. Now, there are some real reasons for these price increases, but there aren't too many retailers or industry executives addressing this in detail. And I'd, I'd think that as a group, we'd want to publicly justify the reasons for these price fluctuations. But I can't say that transparency and honesty are two pegs upon which the mattress industry tends to hang its collective hat. So... Let's take a brief look at the chronology of how we got to where we are today. After the first national lockdown in the spring of 2020, most sleep shops started to open up again around May. There was pent-up demand because of this shutdown, plus many consumers had April stimulus cash burning a hole in their pockets. Mattress orders skyrocketed. Unfortunately, there was a shortage not only of finished mattresses, but also of the componentry contained within these finished mattresses. Now, if you've taken basic economics, you understand how the supply-demand curve works. We had very low supply and very high demand. The result was an increase in mattress prices. Mattress componentry shortage was the major issue, specifically the non-woven materials used to both wrap pocketed springs and also for general mattress construction. This material was prioritized for PPE, so the result was a very large domestic pocket spring shortage. Latex foam rubber was also in short supply because we couldn't get the precursor material and we also had issues with staffing and labor at the factories. Wood for foundations was also hard to come by. Just ask anybody building a house these days how they're coming along with their wood. That's what she said. Michael Scott, the office. There was also limited supply of flexible polyurethane foam because the precursor chemicals, isocyanate and polyol, were in short supply. And in general, anything coming from overseas had their supply chains disrupted by COVID-19. Now labor, specifically the lack and retraining thereof, also figured prominently into these delays in price increases. With the passage of the CARES Act and these extra funds being added to the already existing state unemployment benefits, many workers on both the componentry and finished product end of the spectrum decided to stay at home, making more money collecting unemployment benefits than working. And to be fair to them, there are some componentry and finished product suppliers in our industry who have a bit of a notorious reputation for not paying so well. And many of these jobs were for uns skilled workers. So the decision of these employees to stay at home and not return to work wasn't entirely unexpected. So the overall lack of employees, the training of these new employees, and the slower pace at which these replacement employees worked all resulted in less and more costly mattress production. And on top of everything else, various COVID protocols were put into place by local, state, and federal government agencies, further decreasing efficiency, reducing output, and increasing the cost of mattress and component production. Through the summer and fall of 2020, we still had 
shortages in steel, flexible polyurethane foam, lumber, and most importantly, non-woven materials. The component suppliers had no choice but to increase their prices to the mattress manufacturers. The mattress manufacturers, in turn, had to increase their prices to the retailers, and then the retailers had to increase their prices to the consumer. Consumer demand in the fall of 2020 still remained very high, even though mattress prices had increased, and in many cases, these consumers were waiting 8 to 12 weeks to receive their mattress. As 2021 came around, the supply of mattress componentry was slowly starting to get caught up, but it was still nothing close to normal. In early 2021, the second round of government stimulus payments came through, and consumer demand for finished mattresses went up dramatically again. Component prices continued to rise because these suppliers still couldn't begin to meet this increased demand. I spoke with one mattress manufacturer, and he said that from January to the beginning of March of 2021, his raw material costs for lumber went up 45%, flexible polyurethane foam went up 25%, and steel went up 8%. And to further complicate things, in February, a huge unexpected deep freeze hit the south, driving the price of flexible polyurethane foam through the roof and throwing the mattress industry into a tailspin. Here's why. Simply stated, flexible polyurethane foam is a reaction between isocyanates, polyols, and water. Most of the facilities producing these chemicals in the United States are located along the Gulf Coast, and they were all knocked out by this deep freeze, with many sustaining damage. To get into even more detail, propylene is the monomer precursor chemical for the production of polyol, and polyol is the main ingredient in polyurethane foam. It is this propylene production that was knocked out due to the storm. In addition, a majority of the production of the isocyanate TDI, the other major ingredient in polyurethane foam, was knocked out due to the storm. So, in one fell swoop, the two main ingredients for the production of polyurethane foam went to almost zero overnight. And with limited supplies of these ingredients, the polyurethane foam manufacturers are limited in the amount of foam that they can actually produce. Immediately after the storm, most polyurethane foam companies and chemical suppliers started speaking French. Force majeure! Force majeure! Contracts were suspended and prices increased. Domestic propylene supplies had already been at very low levels before the storm, and their prices had been near 10-year highs. So this storm was just Mother Nature dogpiling on our already existing supply and production issues. The polyurethane foam companies reacted by rationing delivery of foam to about 50 to 60% of pre-existing levels to their clients. The mattress manufacturers were already at very low levels of backstock of foam within their factories, so we can expect more delays in finished mattress production, and this will also be followed by price increases on finished mattresses for the next few months. Now, I know that's a lot of bad news. The good news is these chemical factories can be repaired, but it's going to take a few months for these repairs to be made, as well as a line for the complicated refinery startup procedures. These factories were designed to withstand hurricanes, but they really didn't have enough notice to do a proper shutdown before this big ice storm hit, what the locals called icepocalypse. So these are the main reasons for the delays and price increases in the mattress industry this past year. It's a real thing. Hopefully our industry can start to get back to normal towards the end of the latter part of 2021. Here's keeping our fingers crossed. For more podcasts and audio stories, head over to fam.news. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts.